The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, principal at Top Sale Strategies, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, the influence of affluence. This is Jack Lochner. Uh, he's uh, the writer behind this article that I found really interesting. Now, we've talked about about the Ipsos Affluence Survey in the past and uh, their work around affluencers. Now, these are people with uh, about 125000 and above annual household income. It reflects the top 16% of American households and uh, also reflects 71% of all affluent influencers' shopping and buying behaviors. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, affluencers are the trending leaders of what we can expect to see. And what we're finding is that affluencers are early adopters to new technology, innovators and new products. And so we can kind of see early traction with some new products by looking at these affluencers. They spend more money, 40% more money than other affluents. So this is people that might make a little less money than they do. Um, and 3.6 more times money than non-affluents. Uh, they have the highest levels of purchase intent, meaning they're interested in buying something uh, in all categories, all categories, anywhere from 10% to 400% more. So their intent to purchase is extremely high and they ex they really are looking to express their influence on the top five categories um, in the industry. So um, affluence are ones to keep your eyes on if you're wondering, one, how the economy is doing, Two, if you're looking at what products might be trending or what industries might be trending, you're going to want to look at those affluents that make, again, more than $125,000 in annual household income. Again, just a reinforcement of things that we've talked about before here, but I just thought that was interesting. Our purse profile today is the Gucci girl. She's a single woman in her late 20s and 30s. She does have a higher income, uh, more around the 90,000 K mark, so not quite at that 125. But for a woman her young age, not doing too badly. There's um, about mm, 2 million of these women out there, college grads, single, uh, for, uh, no kids, of course, employed full-time. These are women that keep up with the fashion. Of course, they love Gucci, which is why they're called the Gucci Girls. Uh, fashion magazines definitely impact um, what they're going to buy, and they are seeking to switch up their style from season to season, and they're the first among their friends to try new styles. They like just the act of getting out there and shopping, too. So uh, really important that they're out at retail stores, they want to get to the top of their career. Money really drives a lot of their choices. Uh, they're willing to spend on um, new stores. So they'll go out and try new stores. They'll shop um, brands especially. and But coupons still will draw them into stores where they don't typically shop. 
And where are they shopping? Nordstrom, Neiman Marcus, Banana Republic, to name a few. They're driving Affinity and Jeep and um, designers, of course, would include Gucci and Kenneth Cole, um, just to name a few. When it comes to magazines, um, they're looking at a lot, again, of fashion magazines, Glamour, Cosmo, Elle, Vogue, um, all tops for her. So my guest today knows a lot about women, but women in business specifically. Uh, Shauna Armitage is the Chief Moxie Officer at Making Moxie, a community for female entrepreneurs, uh, where women can share their stories and insights and guide each other in a very safe way to growing their businesses. Shauna's the mom of actually three children, a boy and two girls, and she's doing the juggle that so many of us out there are trying to do. She helps solo entrepreneurs and small business owners who are trying to grow and do the same juggle that she's doing, and I'm thrilled to have her on today because she's going to talk not only about female entrepreneurship, but she has a really fascinating case study, and she's going to talk about what she learned through mistakes and also successes. These may be lessons learned that you can adopt as well. Stick around. Shauna Armitage of Making Moxie returns in just a moment. Her strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Oh, Archibello! Learn more at brainhealth.gov. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. So, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm talking to Shauna Armitage. She is the, the chief moxie officer at Making Moxie. And guess what? She's on a mission to redefine what it looks like to be a working woman. And I would agree with that. She's the mom of one boy and two little girls. And she is making moxie in life and in business as well. She's focused on Making Moxie, which is a community for female entrepreneurs and a place for them to share their stories and insights and guiding each other to grow successful businesses And I'm really excited for her to be on the show today. We're going to talk about what it means to be a successful entrepreneur and also to be a successful female entrepreneur. And uh, Shauna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, first, tell us a little bit more about Making Moxie because I'm sure I did not do it justice. 
Making Moxie actually came from what felt at the time to be one of my biggest failures. I had lost a stable job and joined a digital agency with a friend of mine, and six months in, he fired me. And I knew that I was ready to leave, and it was a good thing for me to be moving on into a place where I felt more comfortable in business. Uh, but when you're fired, you don't necessarily feel that strongly about it at the time. <laughs> so I was discussing with my friend. Um, I wanted to not just move forward with my business, but help other women move forward with their businesses too. And we were thinking of names, and the word Moxie kept coming up. And Moxie is, I don't remember what period it's from. Is it from the 50s or the 20s? But it was often described used to describe women who were sassy, who kind of had that extra thing. Uh, and if you look it up, it means grit and determination. And that's what I wanted to make in my business. And that's how Making Moxie was born. I love it. I love the name. Moxie has always been one of my favorite words, actually. So uh, I applaud you on the, the title for your business. And exactly, you do help women build their businesses. So here's my big question. Have you found that women have different challenges than men do? And if so, because I have a feeling you're going to say yes, what are those challenges? <laughs> <laughs> I feel that one huge challenge that women in particular have is motherhood. I have three kids and they're, they're integral to who I am as a person and who I am as a person really affects what I do in business and whether it, you know, somebody's got to be around to do the doctor's appointments or to, to help with homework um, and sometimes that means staying up late or getting up really early to to be involved with business and when you were busy with your kids, you don't always have that extra time to do a 50 or a 60 or a 70 hour work week. Things as simple as going out to networking events after work have really been a struggle for me because I want to be home with my children. So I think that just being able to network to get my business out there and to meet other business owners has been a struggle, not just because I'm a woman, but because I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and today I think we can't parse those, right? Like we can't say, this is my mom time and this is my business time. I mean, really today, based on technology and everything, it, we're one person and we're trying to juggle it all all the time, I feel like. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think that it's it's a struggle that we face and it's really hard to separate our identity as a motherhood as a mother uh, from our identity as a business owner or a woman in business. Mm -hmm. um, so talk about how you specifically work with women to get over these hurdles. Well, the first thing that I did was I started the Making Moxie site. My business is actually at shaunaarmitage.com, and that is where I have my case studies, and I invite people to work with me one-on-one -on -one as a marketing strategist. But I found that you need some exposure to, to help anyone move forward in their business, and people like to see that you know what you're talking about. So makingmoxies.com is a place where women share not just their stories because I think that sense of community and that sense of 
okay, I'm not the only one going through this and this is how someone else got through it is really, really important for our own personal growth. But I think that being able to share your thought leadership is really important as well. So you also see articles on on marketing tips or business growth tips or things that could be valuable to women who just aren't really sure what to turn. And it's not easy for all of us to get that feature in Forbes or Inc. or HuffPo anymore. And I think that it's especially important for women in business to have that thought leadership out there so people can review their work and, and hear their voices and see them as the, the experts in the field that they truly are. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely agree with you. And I think maybe some of us feel maybe we aren't such an expert, right? Even though truly we are, I think sometimes we lack a little bit of confidence in just naming our expertise. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's something I felt. I think that it's a, something a lot of people feel. And if you don't have those those trust icons on your website to say that you have been published in Forbes or that you've done a TED Talk, then you may doubt yourself if you can't present those things to others that makes you look like an expert. Just because you're not featured like that doesn't mean that you're not doing great things, though. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. Well, and you have a wonderful case study that I want to make sure that you have a chance to share. It's a leather handbag company called Urban Southern. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, I met the marketing director, Mandela Grange, of Urban Southern in a community that I was running for my agency last year and just really fell in love with the company and their products are really fantastic and we started working together and they had a really great product. They were doing really great things with their own marketing, but they needed to, to kind of take things to the next level and they weren't exactly sure how to do it. So we had talked about a couple different ways to do it and it really all revolved around community. And I think that's so essential for anybody, whether they're in marketing or they're a small business owner who's trying to do their own marketing, to understand how a sense of community really impacts the growth and the sales and the success of their business. So we started with a program called UpViral to do a rewards program. I was super excited about it, and I'll be honest, it totally flopped, which was <laughs> tough, but I think that's, it happens. Uh, really it happens, right? Like if you're pushing the needle sometimes, uh, you will have a flop. <laughs> well, it does happen, and I think that's so important to share um, in our case studies and you know with anyone that you want to work with because we do have failures in marketing or anything in business, and we learn from it, and that particular lesson was I thought that I knew what the audience needed and I didn't. So we, we learned from that and the next thing that we did is we kind of did a flip on their email marketing. So they were using the emails the way a lot of people use uh, email marketing for updates and things like that and what they started doing was a win Wednesday and it's a plain text really kind of deep email where they celebrate their wins and it's very personal uh, from the marketing director Meg and the owner Regina uh, to the audience and it they saw two months after starting the email 
uh, the brand saw a 75% increase in revenue. Mm, so just that's the power so exciting. Of, it's so exciting. And it's just the power of talking to people in a real and authentic way. Um, you don't realize how much people really want to connect with you until you start trying to connect with them in a mm-hmm. real way. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that we did was live video. Everybody knows that they should be using Facebook Live and things like this to connect with their audience, but it, they don't know how they're going to do it in a way that actually makes sense. So for a handbag company, what we did is we did an out-of-the-bag show. So every week they would pull food out of the bag and make snacks or they would pull paints out of the bag and do a live painting or clothes out of the bag and do a fashion tutorial and their audience just ate it up and it grew so so fast Um, within I want to say two months they did a video where they actually made a bag live on the video Mm. because they're all handcrafted which is is beautiful to watch and within two weeks it was up to 6,800 views So for a small company like that, that is really, really huge. And since they started these initiatives with the email and the the Facebook Lives, they had a huge increase in sales in just a couple of months' time. Now, this isn't everything they did. It just added to an already pretty robust marketing strategy. Um, But we could definitely see the response from the community from those two things and see a correlation in their sales as a result. Oh, that's just fabulous. I'm sure they're just over the moon about it. Um, I, I do have to ask you, because you talked about, you know, engaging in community and, and really what that can do for a business. Do you feel like women have a more authentic opportunity to talk about community than men, or does it matter? I think that women maybe don't have a more authentic opportunity to talk about community. I think that we value community in a different way. I think that business for a lot of years has been a community of men with, you know, women secure or there. And now we have a community or just women in general who are stepping up as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as small business owners, and I think that it's really important for us to have a community that's just women in business, Mm -hmm. like I said about making Moxie to say, hey, this person has been there, and this person also has kids, and this is how they get X, Y, and Z done. Um, Men don't always face all those kinds of challenges, and I think, again, for so many years, business was just men doing it so now that we're more on an equal playing field I think that sense of community for women is really essential to growth uh yeah and and, and to your point it, it is so critical for growth as is you know the way you're going to interact with them is social media you know we have the ability to go direct to that consumer build that relationship individually with that consumer and create it, it is about relationship um but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about influencers, too, because, um, you know, brand going to direct to consumer is powerful, but it's also 
almost equally as powerful to have a third-party influencer advocate for your brand. So what types of influencers do you believe are most effective uh, for brands to engage in? And maybe the opposite of that is which ones aren't really effective? I think that the answer to that question really depends on your goals and the size of your budget. (laughs) You know, you can see some of these bigger influencers who have 50,000 or 100,000 or 1 million followers on Instagram, they put in some time and work to build their followings and they're going to want to be paid more for, for what they do. Now, you can work with smaller influencers, um, we call them micro-influencers, and I forget the range. I think it's somewhere between 2,500 and maybe 10,000 followers on Instagram. But they tend to have higher engagement rates than people who have a, a ton more followers. It's, it's less people. They're more involved in actually talking to their followers and having conversations. Those kinds of people are typically more effective and more affordable for small brands to work with. You can give them products or you can have them try your service for free and have them talk about it. That tends to be a lot more effective because they're more engaged with their community. So instead of just putting up an ad or a post and charging you a lot of money for it, they're actually going to be talking to their community about your brand and that's really powerful um do you feel i know besides influence besides social media besides building that community there's also you want to keep that consumer coming back right like there needs to be a reason for them to keep coming back so do you feel like rewards really incentivize or is it the type of reward that we need to consider I do think that rewards can incentivize, but I think that at the end of the day, a customer is more likely to come back not only for a good customer experience, but if they feel bonded to the brand. We see these big stores. I mean, Toys R Us is closing down now. Um, we see, I've seen JCPenney's and Kmart's and all of these big stores that used to be our go-to for shopping in the middle class shutting down everywhere. And consumers are really flocking towards places that are convenient. You know, you've got your Walmarts and your Amazons, but they're also looking for a small brand that they can be connected with, that they feel strongly about the product. And rewards are great, and I do think incentives keep people coming back, but I think when you create that sense of community with your brand that makes the customers feel valued, I think that beats out any deal or offer that you could you could any give to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I do think, too, I mean, as consumers, we've gotten so used to looking for the deal, looking for the deal. It almost undercuts the value of the product itself, don't you think? absolutely there's deals everywhere so why would you shop anywhere that isn't going to give you a deal it's like if you go into Kohl's um, the prices are always always slashed there's always some kind of deal going on you'll never buy something full price it's still more expensive than going to a number of other stores for the same type of product but it's 
the illusion that we're getting some kind of deal on it that that keeps us shopping there. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to dive into a few other things that you talked about in your case study. Um, with the leather handbag company Urban Southern, uh, including email and live live video, because I think that is so scary for a lot of people, and I and I want to hear your thoughts on how to approach that. So everybody, stick around. We're going to be continuing to talk with Shauna Armitage, the founder of Making Moxie. We will return in just a moment. Her strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. And welcome back. I've been chatting today with Shauna Armitage. She's the Chief Moxie Officer at Making Moxie, a community for female entrepreneurs to share their stories and insights and, of course, guide each other to growing very successful businesses. Um, and Shauna was sharing with us earlier some of the opportunities and challenges with being a female entrepreneur, but a success story, too, with her client, Urban Southern, and how they were able to achieve really great sales based on building a fabulous community um, with their customers. And one of the ways they were able to do that, Shauna, was a little bit on, I want to talk about email and I want to talk about video. Um, let's let's tackle email first, because you, you talked a little bit about email in the urban southern case study talk about what you really think about email because i think a lot of people out there may think email's dead i think not only is email not dead it's thriving and how you approach email really is going to determine your success with it or not 
So it's no secret to everyone that algorithms are constantly changing. We hear people complain about it all the time. You know, organic reach is dead. We can only do ads, that kind of thing right now. You could have a fantastic community on social media, but you can't always guarantee that they're going to be able to see your content. And as a business owner, that's scary because we put a lot of stock, we put a lot of effort into our work and our communities on social media. So you have to be able to get people on your email list. A lot of people can do that. They've got the lead magnet, they've got the offer, they've got whatever reason it is that people want to be on their email list. After that, it can be crickets. People don't always know what to do next. And I think that is the hardest part of email, that if you're going to do it, you have to make it valuable. So what are you going to send in an email every week that they can't get on your blog or information that they're not just going to be able to Google and get somewhere else for free? So that can be a real struggle for business owners. The first go-to place that they end up in is talking about themselves. Here are our products. Here are discounts. Here are the great things that you should know about us. And while it's important to share those kinds of things with the community, it gets really old really fast. And if you're just talking about yourself all the time, then you're not doing a good job marketing, right? You have to provide some kind of value to the people uh, in your community or on your email list. The thing is that value comes in multiple forms. You don't have to be doing value in a way that's monetary or in launching new products or having announcements like that. With the Urban Southern Win Wednesday email, the value was connection. Their audience is women and not always business owners, uh, but just you know, highly educated women who work hard, whether it's in their business or work hard taking care of their family. And they really needed to establish that connection with women. So the Win Wednesday email, sometimes it talks about our failures and how we turn it into a win or just struggles that the owner and the marketing director are going through and that's really, really relatable to women and it touches them. They want to read that every week because they feel like they're not alone. So the thing about email is it can be really powerful if you do it correctly and the key to doing it to, um, the key to doing it properly or to doing it efficiently is to find that value piece about how you can really connect with your audience in a way that's valuable for them. Well, and video is one of it. You already talked about it. And we talk a lot about video on this show as well, that video is the way to engage people. People will click on video at least four times more than they will an image. But live video can be scary. How do you take the fear out of that for people? I'll be honest, I'm not sure that I do. (laughs) I think that... It's still scary no matter what way you look at it. And I think the the scariest thing for people is they get prepped and they have their content and they're ready to go. The scariest thing for brands tends to be what if no one's watching? So they put all this effort into it. It's not necessarily scary to go live. It's scary to put in all this work and not get any response from it. So 
we don't necessarily take fear out of the equation. We just work on being consistent with it and bringing new people into your community on a regular basis. So you could say the same things over and over again, but if you're saying it to the same people, they're going to stop tuning in. But if you consistently have value and you're bringing new people into your community, you're always going to have somebody who watches. And I think that the other part of it, again, is finding that, that not just the value piece, but the unique value piece. So when we were trying to figure out what Urban Southern was going to do, it was like, they're, they're a handbag company. What are we going to do for 20 or 30 minutes on video every week that's going to be interesting for people? And that's a, a tough question that every business or business owner has to ask themselves, is what are they going to do that not only creates that value and that connection, but it's entertaining because we love video because it gives us that chance to connect with brands and company owners in a real way. You can actually see the people who are behind the content that you're consuming or the products that you use. Um, but we do expect our video to be entertaining. So you don't have to be a comedy act, but you do have to figure out what about your video is going to make it worth watching. I love it. Um, so what final words of advice would you have for women thinking of building their business? It's a very broad question. <laughs> it is. My advice would be to just start doing it. There is a lot that you don't know that you don't know. And I think that's the hardest thing about it is that until you, you can't fix problems that you don't know exist. So just start doing it and just start getting yourself out there and work on building a community around yourself, whether that is introducing yourself to people on LinkedIn, going to local networking events, joining a Facebook group just so you can have some support from other women who are going through the same kinds of things and you can hear how they've tackled things. You can learn from the questions that they're asking each other. Just start doing it and go to places where you can find community for yourself that's going to help you grow not only as a business owner but as an individual. Great words of advice. Super words of advice actually. So um, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you Shauna. Thank you for having me. And I do want to drive everyone to makingmoxie.com where you can learn more about Shauna Armitage and her work at Making Moxie. And of course, you can contact her there as well. Thanks to Shauna. Thanks to George. And please join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.